Hey everybody, welcome to Please Be Excited. My name is John, I'm your host. Uh, I got Chad and Jimbo. Brothers, uh, all brothers. Yes. All right, that's just gonna be, that's the worst, <laughs> worst running joke. Can you call it a joke? I don't think it's even a joke. There's no punchline or anything. It's just information. I'm explaining yeah. our relationship to each other for any new viewers that join each time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So on today's episode, I think we're going to focus on Tenet, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Um, and we might get to some other stuff, but I don't have, I did not compile news. I did not go through news um, mm. to talk about any of that. And I've been wanting to talk about Tenet since uh, September last year. Yeah, Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I actually ended up being able to see Tenet in theaters. Mm. Um, Do you want to talk about that at all, actually? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, the experience of actually going to a movie this year and seeing that yeah. in the theater. Yeah, so, okay. Um, so Tenet came out in September, I think, last year, and uh, Grace and I live in a small town, like a pretty small town, um, and they have a small, uh, like, independent theater, which only has a couple screens, and um tenant ended up playing which surprised me i was shocked that tenant was playing at this small theater and it was kind of like a, a early birthday thing for me um where she was you know that was a birthday present for me is going to see tenant because i had been excited for this movie for like two years now <laughs> um mm. and we we decided to see how the theater looked before we made a decision. Like we would just, you know, go at the time to see the movie, see how busy it is. And then we'll make our call, you know, with hand sanitizer and masks and everything. Um, so we pulled up and the parking, <laughs> the parking lot was, um, almost entirely empty there were three cars i think on the side of the building and those belonged to the employees the three employees that were inside <laughs> um so yeah whenever we got there there's nobody else there there was one car that had like pulled up at the curb and then left um for whatever reason so it was just us and then um, the few employees inside. And we felt pretty okay about it, you know. Um, and then we got into the auditorium and it was, it was a surprisingly like huge auditorium um, for such a small building. It really blew my mind because this was like, you know, the theaters back home or movie co, like the biggest movie co 
screens, auditoriums. It was like that, but in a tiny little mm. uh, independent theater, which, mm. yeah, really shocked me. So I was like, oh, okay, I feel pretty good in case anybody, you know, shows up, like it's big enough that we'll be spread out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, how many how many screens did you say are at this um, one? I think it only has, it has six. Six, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so they're all, I guess, pretty pretty big i think they're all the same size um but yeah so we felt pretty good about it and you know our seats were towards the back towards the top um and then uh like five minutes before the movie starts i think and like one guy came in and sat you know with a mask on 10 aisles down <laughs> ahead of us <laughs> so we were just like okay this you know feels fine um but it was it was one of those things of just like having to you know get over that anxiety at some point mm -hmm. <laughs> um because yeah. it's like you know you made that decision to do it and you know i i know a lot of people have that anxiety just seeing movies and theaters because of like shootings that happen i used to have that terrible um it doesn't still i don't still have that that much like every every now and then whenever you know we would go see a movie then i would just have that like brief moment of like oh something looks off here and then it just goes away yeah but yeah it was kind of like that that unease at the start where i was like ah well you know we're being careful everything's you know should be should be clean because nobody else mm. has been in here it's the first showing of the day blah 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 all that stuff um we made sure like not to you know touch mm. touch a lot of things kind of keep your hands yeah. and in your lap and everything your, um, your, your butt didn't touch the seats you yeah hover, you were hovering the whole time, <laughs> time. um anyways yeah so it was just a, a strange experience um to adjust to after um after like six months without going to the theater mm. six or seven months yeah. um uh we have not been back since because that was the only movie i cared enough to see in theaters mm -hmm. mm. and yeah and you know everything took a turn for the worse after that like you know it kind of died down a little bit I think, like, at least around here. Um, so I was like, oh, it seems like an okay time to try one of these activities, you know. Anyways, um, I am glad I saw it in theaters, though, because... <sighs> oh, I just... Christopher Nolan on a big screen. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I think his movies are, are made to be seen in a theater, I'm sure, like, every thought that he has about how he wants it to look is designed with that in mind. Yeah. I... Yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a, it's a weird thing, because I just... You know, so many people have focused on the release of the movie versus the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, the controversy around releasing a movie in theaters during COVID and like, you know, 
judging it judging it off of that or like saying you know like this is what they decided to risk people's lives over like <laughs> like i mean i under i totally understand people being upset about that was your internet troll impression about yeah about <laughs> about somebody like encouraging people to go i guess yeah during covid like i get that but i don't think you should really hold that against the piece of art the the thing itself um anyways yeah uh i don't know if you guys wanted to get into um what maybe what like expectations you had going in before like explaining what the movie is or should we explain what the movie is first what do you think uh i think maybe expectations um yeah i mean i don't even know what what did i think going in i mean i'm a pretty huge nolan fan so I was hyped for that. I knew it's got some time travel shenanigans in there. I didn't know what that would look like, but I knew it would be interesting, like visually and everything. And uh, it'd be, I mean, he made Memento, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's very intricate. And yeah, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I was just excited to see it. Wasn't sure exactly what it would be. Um, I didn't know anything about the whole like story with Kenneth uh Branagh that is it and the lady. Um mm-hmm. yeah, I, I really didn't know what to expect beyond just what we saw in the trailer. But yeah. Jimbo, what about you? Okay, I knew even less about this movie <laughs> going in than Chad did. I knew that it had um i knew they had a black main actor and i didn't realize until later that it was denzel washington's son right mm-hmm. yeah and i hadn't i hadn't seen black Klansmen yet so i hadn't seen this guy in anything that i could think of so i thought it was kind of cool that like an unknown i mean i guess relatively unknown or unfamiliar actor was going to be the lead in one of his movies instead of just like dicaprio or whoever else mm-hmm he wanted to get uh, so that was cool i had read that gq article with robert pattinson before this that was just like a total shit show of an article and barely even got into tenant it was talking about batman for a lot of it i think so i knew and the impression i got from that interview is that robert pattinson didn't know much about what he had done in tenant so i thought that was kind of a funny impression to get from reading it and i thought that I figured there would be like a lot of cool visuals and action sequences and stuff like that. I expected Michael Caine to be in it at some point. And then I thought I maybe only watched two or three previews. I kind of tried to avoid looking at it too much. Maybe this was going to be a time travel movie, but I really did not have any sense of the plot. Yeah. Um, yeah, all I knew really was like the cast and then spy, something with a spy and time travel. Again, like kind of the same bare bones ideas uh, or 
information that you guys had. Um, this movie does a lot more than just that, though. <laughs> There's yeah. so much going on in this movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Does somebody want to set this movie up, or do you want me to try? Um, hmm. I mean, I had trouble following some of the main plot elements. <laughs> So I don't know if I would be the best to explain it accurately. I feel, John, um, you've seen it twice or three times? Uh, twice. Okay, you've seen it more than either of us. So maybe you okay. should give <laughs> us yeah, the, sure. the plot summary. Okay. Um, sure. So John David Washington plays a character who only goes by the title of the protagonist. Um throughout the movie yeah (laughs) yeah um who is a cia agent uh spy who on some on some mission that he doesn't really know what he's doing uh you know gets captured by is it ukrainians something like that I forget, I forget exactly who it was. There's a lot of different nationalities in this, in this mm-hmm. movie. It's a spy movie. It's a globetrotting um, movie. Yeah, it's a globetrotting spy movie. Um, so yeah, so he gets captured and, you know, instead of giving up his crew, his team, the information, all that, um, he ends up taking what he thinks is like a cyanide capsule, a you know, suicide pill. Uh, and then he wakes up later. He's told that uh, because he made that like ultimate sacrifice and he was part of this mission already, then they're gonna, you know, clue him in on what's really going on um, because he's like that trustworthy and he's such a good agent or whatever. Um, and oh boy, this is where it gets really confusing. (laughs) Um, so he is given a code word and a gesture. The code word is tenet and the gesture is this little, you know, put your interlock, your fingers in front of you. Points of light. Yeah. You know, I had to do it to him the mean yeah. guy <laughs> um, uh, yeah so he's given those two things he's told that Kenneth Branagh is you know he's like an arms dealer guy uh, searching for these devices that are like a that will build a like doomsday device thing um worse than any kind of nuclear weapon any of that stuff um and they yeah so then they just send him like out into the world on this mission to you know uh infiltrate kenneth branagh's inner circle and like gather intel and stop him from collecting these devices to build an ultra device that's going to end the world essentially um i think that's the gist like if you if you just want yeah yeah 
broad idea of what the the movie is like that's the setup yeah um okay i don't know if you guys want me to go in further with that before we like start talking breaking it down um or should i just say like uh robert pattinson you know is like another asset agent guy with kenneth branagh or not kenneth branagh john david washington um starts working with uh on this mission and then elizabeth debicki uh plays kenneth branagh's wife um just so you have an idea if we start talking about these characters or actors or anything um is there anybody else i should mention oh aaron taylor johnson shows up like with 30 minutes left in the movie or whatever he's, he's yeah. a ringer they bring in a ringer that's that cool i loved that though because yeah, yeah he shows up and i was just like is that hit like i hadn't i don't think i even knew he was in the movie and like i hadn't seen him in any advertising um, is that that little kid from kick-ass yeah <laughs> that's that guy yeah i know i'm just saying <laughs> um but i was just like i was like stunned because i knew nothing about him being in the movie and then they like give him a pretty meaty role for the rest of the movie <laughs> like, yeah well like he's he's sharing... a pretty he's a pretty meaty guy yeah he's a pretty meaty guy <laughs> um he's sharing like a lot of screen time with uh the lead characters like for the rest of the movie um yeah which really surprised me but i loved um and i don't know i forget who else? Who all else is in this? Uh, you mentioned Michael Caine. Michael Caine shows up. Michael Caine for, for uh, like two minutes or less than that. Mm-hmm. He um, only needs two minutes. Yeah, it was it was funny because there's a there's a really good behind the scenes uh, feature on the Blu-ray, um, which is like an hour. It's like an hour and fifteen, and it goes through. Um, it doesn't go from start to finish of production, but it covers like every aspect of, of the production, um, as far as like, you know, stunts and like costume design and like visual effects and shooting and post-production, pre-production kind of stuff. Um, but it's not like a start to finish thing. It kind of just like goes through and says like, we're gonna this it's broken into like seven chapters i think and it's like a different department basically for each um chapter but it's really good uh just uh, a few things cracked me up in it but going back to michael kane um christopher nolan was talking about michael kane and one of his quotes that i wrote down was was it's just lovely to have a little bit of michael (laughs) (laughs) you know tries to get michael kane like every single one of his movies Mm -hmm. um did that start with batman yeah yeah i think he he has been since batman right yeah i think so he's like he's he's like nolan's uh stanley (laughs) yeah 
is he in is he in Interstellar as like the grandpa or something? Yeah, yeah, okay. um, something like that. He's I don't think he's the grandpa. I think he's like the oh, former mentor right? kind of yeah scientist okay. dude of uh, McConaughey. Is um, he is he in the war movie? The war movie? Oh, Dunkirk. Uh, no, he's not. He's, Dun- not. he's not. Okay, I guess. Might I mean, be maybe, maybe maybe he is. Maybe he's an extra. Maybe he's in there. Maybe, maybe he's maybe he's movie. Winston Churchill doing oh, that speech. Wow. Maybe. I was gonna say that opening where uh, the sniper picks off everybody. Maybe that's Mike, Michael Caine. Yeah, maybe he's the sniper. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah, Michael Caine's in it. Uh, okay, what would you guys want to like cover? What do you want to? What are your, you know, first impressions? What's the coolest shit in this movie? Um, so it opens with the opera house, right? Yeah. That opening is so fucking cool. Like, it's so unexpected, but it, it's like sets the tone perfectly and establishes like the look and the vibe and the music too. It's so intense and like anxiety inducing, but in a good way, you know, but like fresh and aesthetically like interesting you know your boy Ludwig mm-hmm. um, and yeah all of that like high society stuff you know just using that palette or whatever and it's set in that world but then having like you know people jump in on wires and throw smoke grenades and shit and you see bullets flying in reverse and you don't know what the hell is going on And then I think you see, I thought I saw him like, like from the future, like as one of the people they were fighting, maybe I was wrong, but yeah, it was just like, you know, one of the things I was just going to say at the beginning was like, this and Inception are kind of like the James Bond movies that I want, (laughs) but that they can't really make because they're too high concept. But yeah, it's just that whole vibe was like, so perfect and cool with just the opening what about you uh plane crash art heist that that, that whole that whole sequence yeah yeah that was cool yeah it's like two different movies or two different like huge action scenes just like crammed into one and it felt kind of like an Ocean's Eleven thing they were trying to mix in with the rest of their spy stuff. But um, yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed the whole setup and then follow through on that sequence. Oh, so yeah, another character you can mention is the guy that helped out with that. That I don't know if that person's ever named really, but he yeah. helps out in a lot of the different like missions that they have. Yeah. Yeah, so that whole sequence of Robert Pattinson pretending to be some rich like art collector kind of person going through that walkthrough and then actually having the heist and then seeing how that kind of goes moment to moment and then the part where they do start fighting the people from the future not realizing exactly who that is yet where yeah like everything's kind of going according to plan and then they have that scene where they walk by the glass and you see the bullet holes in it but they're like Mm. that hasn't happened yet Mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're just like thrown into this crazy fight with someone from the future using like reverse technology and all that that was really cool 
And then the sequence later in the movie where they have the four um, like huge vehicles pin that one in and it becomes like this crazy chase sequence. Also mm-hmm. maybe a heist thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought those were like really well done sequences in the movie. Yeah, I think I think the uh, the highway heist yeah. scene is probably my favorite. Um, that whole stretch of like, God, that whole stretch of you know the setup with uh, with Branagh taking Elizabeth Debicki like into the the room and like. Mm. Um, I forget. Oh crap! I forget what the the name is of those rooms. Um, the little time travel. <laughs> yeah, I forget. Um, but yeah, I just that like whole turn, setup. Turnstiles. Turnstile. I think that's what Something they like that. Yeah, and he and he takes her there, and then it's like. You're watching, you know, uh, Pattinson and John David Washington, like they're planning their side of it, you know, and then mm. and then you're like jump to Branagh and he's like, you don't know what he knows, but he knows something. And it's like so it just from that moment on that, you know, he's clued in on something happening um, mm. and he puts a little earpiece, you know, in um uh, and you, you just don't understand the pieces that, <laughs> that you're watching yeah. you, know, you mm-hmm. have it's so so exciting um and especially uh ludwig's score for that whole yeah. sequence is amazing like that's one thing i really wanted to talk about with this movie is um okay first off ludwig gorenson uh composer film score tv score extraordinaire you know we talked about we've talked about him a lot with the mandalorian he does that um mm-hmm. and he did you know he did like black panther he's just done a ton of big movies <laughs> for the past couple mm-hmm. of years um he's so hot right a, now yeah yeah <laughs> uh this was like a really big divergence for Nolan because he usually has Hans Zimmer do his music like he's had Hans Zimmer again like Michael Caine like since uh Begins I think Batman Begins um Hans Zimmer was like working on that um and then or he might have come in on Dark Knight I'm not sure um but like yeah Ludwig is on this instead of Hans Zimmer um i forget who christopher nolan's like normal editor is but they have a different editor on this one um Mm. oh what else was it there's another there's another couple people that i was like looking at the crew for this and i was just so i don't know it's just so refreshing and exciting to me that he like you know went new places he tried new things with this you know instead of just sticking with his normal every 
every movie team kind of thing. He's like still trying new things um, yeah. and like challenging himself and all that. It was just really, really um, exciting. And I was going to say like, okay, one thing I wanted to pick up, pick up on that you mentioned, Chad, was um, at the opera house, you mentioned that you thought it was uh, John David Washington, the protagonist, he thought he like saw himself or that he was there. Um, yeah, it seemed like it. Maybe it was just a similar looking actor in one of the other SWAT uniforms, but yeah, it seemed like it. I didn't know if you if you were going off of like face or if you were saying because of the little uh, orange thing on the, I didn't know if um, you had picked up on the thread of Pattinson's character was there at the opera house and he had the little backpack with the orange thread thing oh it. shit no i didn't okay yeah oh, the, the guy that like, saves him at the beginning is oh shit Pattinson. okay that makes sense damn yeah. crazy yeah so so there's like throughout the movie they kind of do that there's, uh, i don't know how many times it might just be like three times but with like pattinson's character showing up or like intervening mm. or whatever his little orange thing on his back yeah the little, little orange uh tag thing on his backpack or whatever um oh boy i wanted to mention that because uh, i wasn't sure if you guys caught that um oh definitely but, not the first time no okay no. um yeah so like the yeah the whole pattinson's character thing of you know they've had this like years long relationship or whatever um mm -hmm. anyways that's probably my favorite part of the movie but yeah what i was getting to <laughs> um really long-winded way of getting to it um is the the airplane the heist and the airplane crash and fight scene and everything um mm -hmm. I was just going to say, like, if, if you guys can watch the behind the scenes, find a way to watch the behind the scenes, whatever. Because, like, all of this stuff, it blew my mind. Because I, you know, I assumed the way you do this is you probably just film it once or you, like, you probably just film it once with your actor and then, like, a double in you know, a costume or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's like, that's not how they did it. <laughs> they filmed things one way with the actor, like John David Washington, um, you know, in the suit going forward through time, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And he's fighting, you know, a, a double guy and in the little like SWAT, whatever outfit. Um, at the at the Freeport, they filmed that one way, and then they filmed it <laughs> the other way with John David Washington in the SWAT outfit, and then a stunt double in the mm. in the suit. So, like you would assume, hey, the stunt guy has you know full body armor on for the whole fight. It's mm -hmm. like the perfect get around filmmaking wise to not show his face you don't have to worry about the double and like seeing 
you know, this person's face, whatever. Yeah. Um, but they were just like, nope, we're going to shoot it forwards this way, backwards this way, and then we're going to switch costumes and shoot it from the other direction going this way. So it's like, <laughs> they said that they only, I think once or twice, they only used like the same footage or shot like reversed um, for all of that. Hmm. Like they filmed it hmm. as completely different structured fights from different points of view. Okay. Um, which I did not pick up on both times watching it. I was like, my brain was just like, oh, this is like the same stuff I've seen, but they just did it in reverse this time and then played it forward this time, whatever. Um, I want to, I want to see that side, but I'm sure someone's done this already, but watch those two parts side by side, the, the first fight. And then the one later in the movie, mm-hmm. where it's like being replayed and see you know, like how different it actually feels that way. Yeah. Um, I was going to say like the experience of watching this movie the first time I don't know if you guys felt the same way was like it was so much like the first time watching Inception for me Mm. where you know it's like it's a similar kind of movie um of being you know like action espionage kind of stuff like big blockbuster espionage stuff um with like a you know heavy uh concept like really high concept stuff um so you're you're kind of trying to just follow the story because the story itself is so complicated but then the like um like the nuts and bolts of it (laughs) is like another layer of storytelling that you're like how it functions and you're like trying to break that down yeah and work through it and everything i didn't know if you guys like felt the same like i just yeah. felt like i felt like watching yeah. this my yeah. brain was doing Mo, so are you there movement. yeah you guys good sorry you guys are lagging for me i don't know if i'm cutting out am i oh. cutting out or am i good no you're good no we can own. you're good Okay, I think he is lagging. <laughs> uh, you guys are like cutting out it, lagging at times for me. Let me mess with my hot. Wait, um, my well, Wi-Fi. I'm on Wi-Fi. Huh. Uh, we'll see what happens. I can hear him talking from the All next right. room, and then hear the difference on the screen. <laughs> like very, a second or two. Tenet. It's like a very Nolan tenet. movie, man. Yeah, it's just like yeah. Tenet. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, the thing, all the the timey wimey stuff. Honestly, it did mostly like hurt my brain, like trying to solve a Rubik's cube, or trying to remember how daylight savings time <laughs> works. But you know, at a much like larger scale. So like, I did a lot of the time kind of check out just because, like not check out on the story, but check out on trying to completely wrap my head around what was going on with the time stuff. Um, because it, it was kind of like confusing and like, yeah, just that feeling of not being smart enough to understand exactly how it's working. Um, 
but yeah, I think watching the behind the scenes stuff and then rewatching it will help with that. But I mean, it is kind of a cool feeling that like the movie is really going for it that hard of like, it's not worrying that you're having trouble following it. Um, but I mean, it's not like overly, it's not impossible to understand. It's just difficult to like wrap your head around, you know? Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like, I, I, f- I honestly feel like I understood it more the first time I watched it <laughs> in <laughs> theaters. That's funny. Like I felt, I felt so just like clued in, like I, nothing else exists in the world right now. This is, you know, my yeah. brain is functioning at a higher level. <laughs> and, yeah. And like, um, it was, it made me laugh. I don't know if it, if it was related, but we went and saw it and I like could feel I felt like my brain and my head was working way more than it had been in a long time Hmm. and then we got home and I went to the bathroom (laughs) I think it was my right eye was like super bloodshot and red (laughs) Jesus Uh, what happened in there (laughs) yeah man it's it really does kind of hurt your brain trying to understand yeah (laughs) It's like you, your body experienced the effects of time travel or something yeah. while you were in that theater. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, that's kind of the thing. Another thing I like had a problem with, not a problem with, is just made it kind of hard to follow and keep up with. It's such a like, it's kind of like nonstop exposition and nonstop yeah. like explaining. Um, and I think that might be a lot of people's problems with it I feel like is that it's hard to follow because of that stuff and a little hard to follow with some of the story stuff like I didn't I honestly didn't understand the point of the entire final battle (laughs) I didn't know what was going on yeah same I didn't know and then and then I didn't understand a lot of the dynamics of who protagonist was pretending to be to Kenneth Branagh's character and whether Kenneth knew who he was, but then he felt like he had to go along with it for some reason. And then, so some of these like major story elements, maybe I was just like in the wrong state of mind at the time. I wasn't like picking up on all this stuff, but I, yeah, I did kind of feel like I didn't have a firm grasp of like these pretty big plot elements. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you, I mean, did you feel the same? Yeah, I mean, I felt like it It felt like a, a puzzle that I was trying to solve, which is fun in that I'm not, like, usually challenged in that kind of way with the with a movie. But it was, it was also frustrating a lot of the time, too, because I felt like I was struggling to understand what's going on. And I feel like there's there's a line somewhere when you're a filmmaker and that is your movie really like complex and has a lot of depth or is it actually like poorly set up and explained if your audience is having this much trouble kind of following what's going on. So I'm a little torn on it and I think I do need to watch it again because I think that like Chad was saying, there are some pretty like important plot points that 
I didn't think were that like obvious or uh, that well well explained to the viewer. So yeah, yeah that was one of the things just kind of added to just the lack of understanding. Okay. Um, I think I I really don't want to like try to attempt to explain things yeah. just because it's been like it's been a month I think since we watched it um kind of getting to this episode a little late but so it's not really fresh in my mind um but yeah I I mean I love the movie but I'll definitely agree that like the first time watching it I was probably more I was just like so focused on trying to understand mm-hmm. yeah i think even more like more than the plot i was trying to understand the mechanics and my brain kept yes. working on that part of it more than focusing on the plot and um even the character stuff like the first time i watched it robert pattinson's character was the only one that i really gave a shit about the entire mm. time um and his little journey you know in the background um mm. but rewatching it i was rewatching it i got actually emotional <laughs> mm. for like following the protagonist and um elizabeth debicki's character and like her character's story and everything like that the second time you watch it and you get to experience her telling John David Washington how jealous she was of seeing the woman jump dive off of his yacht or whatever. Yeah. And then you and I just like me and Grace both turned yeah. to each other and we were like, I just got chills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, yeah, you can like put that stuff together. You can put plot elements or the story together after the fact. But it is a different experience watching it a second time mm-hmm. um which i i felt way more i i think i just allowed myself to feel more <laughs> okay yeah versus like breaking it down into yeah. mechanics. trying to solve like the math problem of the yeah. movie kind of yeah. feeling yeah um yeah i did not have I didn't have a lot more to say on this. I mean, did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about with Tenet? Um, hmm. Hmm. Oh, I wanted to mention another thing from the behind the scenes was hilarious is like they had John David Washington do a lot of his own stunts mm-hmm. in this. Um, and they... <laughs> They decided, um, I forget, is it in uh, Mumbai where they go? Like, uh, somewhere like that. I forget exactly where it is. Um, but yeah, that the tower that's like the arms dealer's house. Um, yeah. It was funny because uh, John David Washington is like, uh, they just they decided oh you know we're gonna do we're gonna do a shot with him um 
in camera like we'll do a shot of him jumping off the side of this thing and landing <laughs> on a net you know like I forget how far down it was if it was like 75 feet or more yeah. off of like a net hanging in air <laughs> off of that actual tower and you know he had like a rig on and stuff but yeah. he has to jump and land in the net <laughs> and um yeah and it like cut to footage of him um like them shooting it and you know Christopher Nolan's like talking to him and John David Washington just has this like terrified you know like, <laughs> he's not hearing anything Christopher Nolan's saying he's just like thinking about <laughs> jumping off of this building and he's talking about it um behind yeah. the scenes and he's like saying how, how scared shitless he was <laughs> doing it and then it cuts to Christopher Nolan doing a little talking head he's like it wasn't until after the seventh or eighth time that I realized oh he's not he's not stressed out about his performance or he's scared shitless of jumping over <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny <laughs> it was hilarious there's so much oh so much good stuff in the behind the scenes it's just like the logistics of making this movie blow my mind like so even more than i when I was watching it, like the experience of watching it, seeing what they did to get that stuff is just insane. Like, mm. you know, the big battle at the end, a lot of that, I, I thought a lot of that was, you know, Christopher Nolan kind of uses digital stuff to, you know, as like trickery kind of stuff. He just uses it real sparingly when he needs to doesn't go overboard with cgi that's what i figured a lot of the final battle stuff was is like you know somehow them just like shooting stuff going forward i figured they just like shot it regularly um or they like shot things in reverse whatever uh and then they would just like edit things together and like background foreground kind of stuff yeah. I thought that's how they did it, like, with, like, digital extras and stuff like that. No, yeah. they did everything in camera. They Damn. had extras and stuntmen train for weeks, like, running in reverse, doing all this stuff in reverse. Wow. So, yeah. the shots that you see of the big battle of, like, hundreds of people where one team is going forward through time and the other is going backward through time, they shot that all together. Whoa. With, Damn. Yeah, super choreographed stunt people and extras learning how to run these like complex routes and stuff in reverse god <laughs> okay the stunt work in reverse it was insane uh anyway. i'll try to find yeah find the special features or at least the making of thing that i could watch yeah i, I might buy watch them. that i might buy it honestly all right cool but yeah. Um, uh, what another thing I was gonna say is that like, um, I love like seeing realistic fights in movies. Um, like, with like, it's just so interesting to me to think about like how you know like hand to hand fights go in real life with highly trained people. Like when that actually happens, like how does it look, and like. 
putting that on screen seems so much more like compelling and interesting to me than like movie stylized stuff. And you know, with some things, it gets close. It gets closer. Like John Wick is closer than like ninety percent of stuff, but it's still heightened. It's still stylized, you know. But then, like the fights in this, like specifically the when the airport fight with like the reverse him fighting himself, even though it was like that weird time travel thing, it felt like the coolest, like most compelling hand-to-hand scene I had seen in a really long time, you know, like where they didn't overly stylize it. Like this is what would actually happen between two fucking CIA people who came hand-to-hand, like wearing SWAT stuff where they can't just shoot each other. They, I guess, didn't have knives or something like that. Like I, I just love when that stuff is choreographed to feel like real because it makes it more like, dramatic to me you know what i mean yeah but yeah just the thought um jimbo do you have any any last thoughts about tenant and i just think it's one that i i definitely want to watch a second time through i think for me i need to under i need to understand the mechanics like i need to understand the rules of a movie universe for everything else to kind of like fit with me so I think that watching it again, knowing that, oh, like Robert Pattinson and then the protagonist have this prior relationship, then I'll, I'll be looking at like every single interaction they have in a different way. Yeah. And that whole opera scene where Robert Pattinson is like apparently in that as well. And then everything with Kenneth Branagh and then his wife, that character, reading more into that. Um, yeah, I think it seems like a movie that was designed to be watched multiple times. So I am like definitely want to do that again. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to ask, because it's a confusing movie. I mean, you guys, you got the Pattinson dies at the end, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I just wanted to, I just wanted to make sure, because that was like a gut punch moment for me the first time watching. Yeah, that man. That was like the most emotional point that I had, probably. Okay. Yeah, right. it was them like saying them saying goodbye to each other, and it reminded me of, I mean, Chad made the Doctor Who joke earlier, but it reminded me of the Doctor and then River, uh, right. some of their stuff from that show, yeah. and like, yeah, one's always going in one direction in time, while the other one's going the other way, and yeah, and then don't they? Doesn't he like use the line from Casablanca? Like there's that this I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship in that movie, and then he says, "I think this is the end of a beautiful friendship," or he has some kind of line so. like that. Yeah, I think, towards the I end. Think so. I liked that nod. Yeah, it's it's a big it's a big movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a big mm. movie. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just I love it. I. I thought it was like I thought it was great the first time around and you know especially having the like theater experience but on on other levels it all kind of worked um more for me the second time around Mm. um which I feel like is kind of rare for Nolan movies with me um I don't know if you guys have that experience of just you know 
the more I watch some of his movies, the more like I'll have I'll have times where I'm like, I like this less and less. Or if I get away from it for a long time, then I'm like, oh, okay, that's really cool. Like The Dark Knight, I loved it the first time. And then like we I think we saw it again the second time, and I was like, still, oh, it's great. And then the years in between like that and the Dark Knight Rises, or I don't know if it was, it was like more recently. Um, maybe it was with Dunkirk. Uh, I had seen it a couple times and it was just like things stuck out to me more and more of like not great this is off this kind of thing doesn't work for me here whatever um and then like I think it was with Dunkirk when I finally rewatched uh the Dark Knight Dark Knight's a great movie guys yeah <laughs> like, there's yeah, so man. much good shit in that movie <laughs> one of my favorites um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know that I've seen any of his movies enough to start changing like my view of them, but I've I've always thought the Dark Knight was like almost a perfect Batman movie. I think one thing I wanted to mention though with Nolan movies is like I really wish I had I don't want to pull it up while we're talking, but his editor, whoever his editor, his normal editor is because i think he had like the same editor for years and years um who i hope did not pass away <laughs> like i hope they were just working on something else because i don't want to say bad things about a person who died <laughs> um anyways <laughs> i feel like that was that was one of the biggest things watching um no like re-watching christopher nolan movies is for some reason, the editing sticks out to me as kind of like sloppy. Um, I don't know if you guys feel this or not, but but it was something that I noticed like with this one, um, have him having a new editor. I was just like, I felt so much better about just how certain scenes play out how like action sequences are like cut together and you know build and everything um i just think it i think it worked much better for me and i hope that he like stays with this person going forward yeah but the big but i had was like the rewatch it's still it's still something with christopher nolan that he does where he just has like, I think it's maybe it's a runtime thing of like studios and him having to, you know, get it down to a certain runtime. But I really wish he would. I wish his movies were longer. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. This one that stuck out a little bit more to me um, on rewatch was like, there's so many scenes where like, it just has the potential to breathe and like you can tell they cut you know another chunk of dialogue out it's just like you can see that there's setup for something here or like there's a totally natural moment of somebody would respond to that thing that you just said and it cuts you know we're on to it we gotta get to the new we're... location we gotta go to the yeah. new location okay yeah. like hurry the fuck yeah. up we're trying to get to so, mumbai okay come on so that's we're jumping off this yeah. wall that was one of those things that i think was it 
Chad brought up of, you know, like exposition heavy. Um, yeah. Like a lot, some of his movies, a lot of his movies have a lot of exposition. Um, and this one especially, I think it's, I feel like it's him just like having to do a cut, cut for runtime and probably cut for like clarity, like clarity's sake, you know? Yeah. And you can't just like, he doesn't want you really to get bogged down with every other character detail, all this stuff. Like he kind of gives you, I think he gives you like the pieces really that work or that you need for it to work basically um, as he wants it to work. Yeah. But then, yeah, um, the, like the sacrifice is that you lose some of those quiet character moments that are going to then make you care a little bit more about yeah. those people and what's happening. And yeah, that's, that's, how, I, that's how I felt. Yeah rewatching it was like i was attached more to the characters this time but then because of that i noticed and i was like i want more like yeah i want longer scenes with them i want more interactions between people i want more details on people um so i think that's that's probably like my biggest complaint with this movie really is like is the editing (laughs) (laughs) And I feel, I mean, you know, story-wise and all that, I guess that contributes to, like, the overall story and maybe characters and clarity on some things and all that. But um, it's just something I notice a lot with Nolan's movies is uh, it just feels like he cuts, cuts a lot of the fat off. But you know where you get the flavor? You get the flavor from the fat, Nolan. <laughs> So, yeah, that's kind of my takeaway with Nolan movies, <laughs> even though I love him. I love this movie. Yeah, I um, hope he can make his five-hour movie one day. I hope so. Or just have his, was, his director's cut. I wanted to ask you guys about this, though. I don't know if you gave a shit or not, but um, <laughs> he's been, you know, one of the like vocal critics of the HBO Max, Warner Bros., putting their whole, you know, film slate on HBO Max. Um, And it's been a whole thing in, like, the film industry of directors now saying, like, you know, we don't want to work with Warner Bros. now. We want to go work with this other studio. And I think it was, like, the Sony chairman guy, whoever, whatever his name is, um, saying, like, after they made that announcement, then they got, like, a flood of calls from filmmakers who worked at Warner Bros. like wanting to set up their pictures at Sony now. Hmm. Um, but I didn't know if you guys had any thoughts on what you would want, like what you would want Nolan to do. I guess Nolan, like the most exciting thing for me with Nolan kind of is you can't really guess what he's going mm-hmm. to make next. Um, however, <laughs> You know, with like the the performance of Tenet, just because it wasn't great due to COVID, um, some people are saying, you know, he doesn't have the pool that he had before Tenet. Now he doesn't, you know, he's not he's not going to get another budget like this. He's not going to get another opportunity like Tenet unless he makes a movie for less that you know is a big success blah 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 there's also been stuff about him maybe making a return to superhero movies 
um, at Warner Bros. All unconfirmed shit, but I didn't know what you guys would want to see from Christopher Nolan next. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Uh, just a quick note is that uh, you guys like lagging for me a lot. I start lagging, just uh, that might happen. Um, yeah, I really don't know the excitement. Uh, yeah, it might feel a little weird for him to go back to superhero stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. I know, I know he loves putting stuff in theaters, but maybe a, a thing where he does, does have more time, like a TV show or a miniseries would be cool to see what the pace feels like if you use um yeah i was i don't know i i don't see nolan doing tv like i would love it if he did something long form i don't see it happening um but i would really like I really would like him to like make a small movie again <laughs> that's more intimate. I mean, if you if he wants to, yeah. you know, keep like do high concept stuff, then cool. Um, but you know, like Insomnia is great, Memento is great, The Prestige is great. <laughs> Those definitely yeah. did not have the budgets of his other blockbuster movies. Yeah, and, I think maybe it's too many moving pieces. Yeah. Like I don't know. I I just that's my big hope really is that he'll he'll return to uh making some smaller stuff, but I understand if the guy wants to keep making these gigantic <laughs> brain puzzle yeah that kind of like, seems to be his thing right now yeah and i mean i get it if you've been doing this for like 30 years and you want some kind of challenge and you still want to be excited about doing this stuff and you know your your scale keeps going up and up then i mean keep keep doing what you're doing man <laughs> <laughs> yeah um would you guys be good with wrapping up uh, this episode and maybe yeah, covering fine. some other stuff on another episode? Yeah, sure. Fine with me. Okay. Um, I will just go ahead and uh, get to the social media stuff. I don't know if you guys had any last like thoughts or anything you wanted to throw out there. I don't know what I want Nolan to do, honestly. I, I, I want, at the very least, I wish he would just do director's cuts of his movies. And I feel like if we're moving away from big theater premieres now due to COVID, if there's a new model, then why not just release like two versions of a movie and let viewers choose like which one they want to pay for? I think that that would finally, like maybe you could finally make 
the movie he wants to make without compromising. And I think there are fans like us that would totally prefer to see that versus what a studio kind of like strong arms him into releasing. Yeah, I. that's been a thing recently with Nolan and the whole COVID stuff, like releasing Tenet is everybody just says Nolan has all the power. Like, I, I don't know where you're getting this from. Like, you know, I, I would like a clear, um, like a clear timeline of events you know and like i don't know like answers and stuff as far as if you want to like assign blame and shit for the release of tenant blah blah blah, then i you know i'm not really gonna take the word of an internet whatever person just saying oh he's got the pool he's got he's got the name you know he's nolan yeah he's just he can release it whenever wherever however he wants it it's like Nolan's one director in a fucking studio's pocket. Like, yeah, they're the ones signing the checks. They can, they're going to ultimately decide whether or not this thing comes out wherever, however. Like, I, yeah, I think, I think Nolan, his name is enough to get a movie greenlit and in production that other directors couldn't get away with. But I mean, he's not that he does not have control over marketing and distribution does he yeah. even have like final cut i think i think nolan probably has final cut okay um and that's something that kind of goes into i think like ties into his um i don't know his he's talked about before where he feels like obligated because the studio, because he's getting big budgets and shit, he's like said before, you know, I'm going to deliver the movie that the studio wants because (laughs) they're giving me 200, $300 million, whatever, to make these movies. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I want it, I want it to be my thing and I want it to be entertaining but like the bottom line is they're letting me make these movies. They're funding it. So like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, make cuts. I'm going to make edits that I have to, to appease them and like make the movie work as much as it needs to, or, you know, to my liking, but it comes down to like studio heads and shit. Um, anyways, just, yeah, I, I thought that that was kind of relevant because we've gotten into like talking about editing and cut footage and, you know, director's cut kind of stuff yeah um where i think it's just he feels like responsible and obligated to deliver to the studio the best possible version you know of a compromise between visions really i think that's the kind of the right way to look at it honestly Uh, i mean as much (laughs) as i would love directors to have like just complete creative freedom if yeah if everything is being funded by another person that has opinions about it, and then you have to work with them too. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Chad, did you have anything else you wanted to say? Um, just along the same lines, I think, yeah, there are pros and cons to, yeah, all that kind of 
stuff like if he wants to make blockbusters that are gonna bring people a lot of people in to see them and be successful but then also make it interesting for himself then he's trying to like have it both ways and like Jimbo said that can be like a really good thing but there are also cons to that where like you're saying sometimes you want it to slow down and have less moving parts and stuff like that um but yeah maybe that's kind of part of why some of the why sometimes it doesn't necessarily work is because it's trying to be two different things at the same time and sometimes that works and in some ways it doesn't you know what I mean so I don't know that's kind of like his thing with these bigger movies is he tries to you know, make big movies that are going to be successful, but then make them more thoughtful and interesting or high concept or stylish. But it does, it does kind of lose out on some of the like artistry and being able to slow down the pacing and stuff. Um, but anyways, I mean, I'm still a huge fan of all this stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess I'll just go ahead and I'll link the socials. Um, oh, I did want to say I was having a problem with the app that I was using to like to do the YouTube videos for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's why YouTube videos were not uploaded. If anybody <laughs> followed that, the, the YouTube profile, um, please be excited on there. Anyways, got that resolved. So today I finished uploading everything current to the most recent episode is on YouTube now. If you choose to use that uh, <laughs> to listen oh, yeah. to podcasts. Um, so yeah, on YouTube, please be excited. Uh, on Twitter at excited pod on Instagram, please be excited. All one word together. Um, hopefully I'm not promising anything with this episode, but <laughs> I would like to get back to making ridiculous art, ridiculous photoshops for the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Right. Just been very, very be you cool. know, busy and scatterbrained kind of can't really yeah 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 get it together um, in time for episodes coming out but i would like to return to that um anyways yeah uh thanks for listening everybody uh thanks guys for hanging out talking tenant talking tenant yeah oh oh i wanted to mention this is all behind the scenes stuff you gotta get the (laughs) blu-ray whatever uh just a little extra thing tenant tidbit like yeah ten- oh yeah tenant tidbit nice <laughs> um, uh kenneth Branagh. it was really funny he he's talking you know he's doing like a russian accent right yeah, he's doing something. <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing something, yeah. I love him in this movie. Kenneth Brown. He's really good. The, I, I do love him. I think he's great in this. Um, yeah. The, the turnstile scene I mentioned uh, where 
he takes Elizabeth to Bicky and, you know, just like locks her in the room while he goes through the turnstile um, because he's, you know, going to listen to the heist to car shit, everything. So he knows where to pick up the device, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there's the, the scene afterwards where he has Elizabeth Debicki on one side and John David Washington tied up on the other, you know, and he shoots her and it's like the the whole scene is playing backwards but they're having the conversation through the turnstile mm-hmm. you know so it's like john david washington is responding to a question that like, hasn't been asked yet and all that kind of stuff yeah. anyways uh <laughs> like i i assumed they would have just like recorded this stuff like I said, with everything, I assume they just recorded it forwards and then, you know, edited stuff backwards, you know, shot in reverse, whatever. Um, they like, they had him walk and do everything backwards and speak in a Russian accent backwards. Like he had to learn those words, like phonetically and speak oh, it backwards. God. I just thought that was insane. <laughs> oh. And his and his long yeah, career, that's gotta be the first time he's ever had to do that. Yeah, he he said like I think he said it's the most times he's like ever read a script because he had to <laughs> had to go through <laughs> yeah. again and again to understand, like make sure he absolutely understood what was occurring um during each scene. Was it but, written backwards in the script? Oh no! I, I don't. Wonder. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, that would be that would be pretty funny. And um, there's just a line in the script that says, uh, "Like actor reads this backwards," and then Ken the Brett, I was like, "Fuck! I don't know why. <laughs> I now I have to do all this myself." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like put fight put fight scene here, and then you figure it out later. It's a great movie. Uh, go watch it. It's I think it's still rental. I don't think it's on HBO Max yet. Um. Anyways, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for hanging out, dudes. Yeah. Uh, peace out, everybody. Have a have a good one. Bye.